have a, a recording. All right, so the beginning, the hidden treasure, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. What is the, the title of that passage? Amen. The parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. Okay, so what's, what's today's date? So it's Friday the... Ooh, but we're also on chapter... Praise the Lord. We contradict that. We cancel that out. We put the Lord in that. Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. All right. So let's go on to verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now here's the second parable. For, uh, verse 45. Again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Verse 46, when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Okay, so we got two parables and two verses the Lord Jesus gives us, okay? The parable of the hidden treasure and then the parable of the valuable pearl, okay? Amen? So, um, so in uh, things explained in verse 44, we find... Uh, four things we find here uh, we have a man who we know nothing about really okay walking into a random field basically um, we know <clears throat> excuse me that this hidden treasure that he found filled him with joy he found this treasure whatever that might be it, it filled him with joy he sold all that he had, and that could have been his house, that could have been his cattle, and cattle back then, 2,000 years ago, was money, basically. So he gave everything, he sold everything that, that was valuable to him, that was making him money, uh, land, uh, his own land, his own field, his own property, he might have sold any of one of those things, and he gave everything up to possess this one piece of treasure, this one piece, whatever that might have been. I really wish he would have been more uh, uh, specific. But he, he, he's not for a reason. That's the point of a parable, okay? Now, things explained in verse 45. Uh, number one, we have, there is a man looking for fine pearls. So this man is actually looking for something, okay? This man was just randomly walking. He found uh, hidden, uh, uh, treasure hidden in the field, okay? This man was looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he didn't, I mean, pearls are valuable, right? If you find a pearl, you may, oh, this is worth something, okay? Real pearls are worth something, okay? Because they're very rare. And, but this man didn't just find any, any pearl. He found one of great value. So that thing must have been like the size of my head. Okay? Super shiny. So he, like the man in verse 44, sold everything he had in order to possess this one pearl of great value. Okay? So he sold everything that he had in order to possess this one thing. And the man sold everything that he had to possess this one treasure. Turn your Bibles to uh, Job. Chapter 23. It's in the Old Testament. Going old school. Somebody say old school. Old school. Sister, put up that uh, the slide that I made, please, with the title and everything. Amen. Okay. So I don't know if you guys seen this. I don't think you put that up, Susie. But the beginning... Uh, the, the title of the message is The Hidden Treasure, and right here, the challenge question of the night, what's your priceless treasure? That is your question tonight, okay? What is your 
priceless treasure. These men, these men found a, a priceless treasure, this, this great pearl of great value. What is your treasure tonight? What do you hold so dear that you're willing to give everything up? That's the question tonight, okay? So if you're at Job chapter 23, verse 12, then get an amen. Sister, go ahead and put that on the screen for us, please. Amen. All right. Verse 12, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have, what is that? I have what? I have what? The words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So he treasured, Job treasured the words, the words of God more than his daily bread. He treasured that more than he treasured lunch and dinner and breakfast and brunch and anything in between. You understand me? He, he, he treasured that more than a Snickers bar. You understand me? Amen? So Job knew exactly by saying this. When he says, I, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Job knew exactly what that treasure was. It was God's word. Okay? Turn to your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 33. We're going to be working the word just a tad bit today. Somebody say, work the word. Work the word before it works you. Come on, come on. You guys remember this? Work the word. Work the word before it works you. Before it works you. All right. It had a nice beat before. Not so much anymore. Okay. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 5. Let me get an amen when you're there. Say, hold up. Okay. We'll hold up. You're there. Let me get amen. All right. We'll wait for this, uh, Susie. Amen. All right. There we go. Verse 5. The Lord is exalted. Oh, hold on. What was the song right there? I, I what? Thee. Okay. So I, I put you on another level. I exalt you. I, I put you on this high pedestal. You are the king above all kings. The king of kings. The Lord of lords. Okay. You are exalted. Put him on uh, such a position of, uh, of height above anything else okay so the lord is exalted in that level for he dwells on high he is uh he will fill zion with justice and righteousness verse six he will be the sure foundation for your times a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge so right here, Isaiah says that he's, he will be a rich store. So like a candy store. What's candy store filled with? Candy, okay? So the Lord, okay, the Lord is going to be a rich store of salvation, okay, being saved. He's going to be a store of wisdom. He's going to be a store of knowledge, okay? He's going to be a store of all that. He's going to have that in abundance. And then we go on. The fear of the Lord is the what? Is the key to this treasure. Okay, so we see that Job understood that the words of the Lord was the treasure. You understand me? It was the treasure. And within that treasure, it was salvation. It is wisdom. It is knowledge. And, the, and if you have the fear of the Lord, not in the sense of you're, you're scared. Oh, my gosh, I'm scared of him. Not in that sense, but in the sense of respect, in the sense of, 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 of honor, okay? I fear him because he can judge me. I fear him because he is all-powerful, okay? Like if, you're, if your mom or your dad is, is mad at you and you know they're mad at you, okay, you fear them for that second, don't you? But you don't fear them because they're going to kill you. They're not going to kick you out the house or something like that. They're going to they're gonna punish you, though. They're going to put you in your place, right? 
So you have that respect for them, okay? So the fear of the Lord, the respect, the respect for the Lord is the key to that treasure, is the key to the treasure in which those men sold everything for. You see, his word, his knowledge, his wisdom, salvation is that treasure. And how do you obtain that treasure? How do you take it out of that treasure box? By fearing the Lord, having fear of the Lord, enough fear of the Lord to obey his commands. Enough fear of the Lord within you to know, to acknowledge, to exalt him in such a height, in, in such a level. So what is your treasure right now? We're going to go off with that question. What is your treasure right now? What is your pearl? Is it God? That's the key question. Is your pearl, is your treasure, is it God? Is it God tonight, guys? Okay? Turn to your uh, Bibles, uh, 1 Timothy, going back to the New Testament. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 17. Okay, now this is Paul telling Timothy, right, he's writing uh, Paul, one of the apostles of the New Testament, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, amen, awesome guy, is writing to uh, Timothy, his disciple, command the, or not his disciple, but command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth. So right here he says, command those who are rich, who are actually wealthy and have money and houses and land and all that, uh, warn them, tell them not to be arrogant to not put their hope in wealth, not to put their hope in money, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So money can buy certain things, yes. Money can buy houses and things like that, yes. But it, Paul is telling us not to be arrogant with this, uh, with this, not to depend on it, because money is uncertain. It comes and it goes, okay? So he's telling us uh, to, to seek the Lord because he brings the full enjoyment, okay? Verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good de deeds, and to be gracious or generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves. So if they do these commands, if they do good, and, 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 and to be rich in good deeds, not rich in money and in wealth, physical, but rich in good deeds and in generosity and willing to share things, it, this will be their treasure. They will lay up, like bricks, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You could ask a lot of people in this world, like, what, what is the point of life right now? And they'll probably be like, well, the point of life right now is to love, uh, you know, get married, make a family, love that family, provide for that family, and, and, and make money. So a family and money, that's pretty much it. That's what it comes down to. That's what most people will tell you. Family and making money. They'll tell you go to school. Why go to school? So you get a good job, make money. That's what it is, okay? So have a family and make good money. Now, look, I'm not saying making money is bad because it's, it's not, okay? Making money is good, but it's when you become, like Paul said, arrogant 
okay, and that money, not willing to share and be greedy and, and things of that nature, uh, that's when it becomes sinful. That's when it becomes bad, okay? Now, you see, Paul tells us when you are generous and when you are rich in spirit, you, be, you take hold of life. Not life in the sense of making money, having a family, but life. The life that the Lord provides of salvation. When you uh, take hold of life that is truly life. Amen? Truly life. Now let's turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Man, working the Word tonight. Amen? Those of you who do not have your Bibles, shame on you. Bring your Bibles next time. You're coming to church. But it's okay. That's why your Bible on the screen. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Let me get an amen you there. Okay, the cost of being a disciple, okay? This, is, this, is, this has been preached by uh, Elevate and, and Metro Praise in general so many times, okay? So this is going to be a good review for some and a good learning experience for most, okay? So in verse 25, <coughs> excuse me, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and running to them, um, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. If anyone does not carry his cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will you not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he, is, uh, if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Like he laid the foundation, put the ground down, but he wasn't able to finish. They're going to mock him. Verse 31, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Start imagining this. A king is getting ready to go to war against another king to, to take some territory, okay? Will he not, will the king that's about to go to war, will not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose uh, the one coming against him with 20,000? So if you have 10,000, are you not going to think about the 20,000 that the other king has? Are you not going to sit down and just think about that? Or are you just going to be like, hey, go, get on and get you know what I mean? Are you not going to sit down and think about this and try to make a plan and a strategy? If he is not able, he will, uh, he, uh, he will send a delegation while the, other, while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. You see, Jesus... Uh, teaches something very clear to us, okay? It's very clear. If you really study, it's clear. It might sound confusing now, but look, rather a person who, um, rather a person who wants to follow him is prepared to pay the cost. That is what he's teaching us, okay? He's teaching us that rather a person, if a person wants to follow God and wants to be his disciple and wants to really, truly go all out with God right now, okay, which I hope is all of you, that person who wants to follow him has to prepare to pay a cost. It's going to cost you something, okay? So it could cost you possessions. It could cost you relationships. 
It could cause you plans for the future. It could cause you rank in certain senses. You know what I mean? If you if you were considered, quote, unquote, a cool kid or a jock or this and that in high school or whatever, it might cause you that rank. Okay? It might cause you your plans. My plan was not to be a, 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 a youth pastor. My plan was to become a, a, a heating and cooling technician. You understand me? I went to school. I graduated, got certified, and has, haven't been working in the field for about almost two years. You understand me? I've just been all out Jesus. You see, you had to be willing to sacrifice your plans. I had to be willing to sacrifice my relationships. I had to leave tons upon tons of friends because all they were all they were about were what I was about: getting drunk, getting high, and getting with girls. I had to leave them behind because that's all they talked talked about. I had to leave possessions. I had certain things that I had to get rid of because it reminded me of things of the world of, of life of the lifestyle that I used to live. You know what I mean? I had a I didn't really have much rank, so I, that's not, that doesn't really go to me. I wasn't exactly high cool guy but i was well known enough to go to parties and whatnot but you see i had to leave all that behind i had to leave everything behind and there is a cost of being a disciple of christ just like just like you want to gain that pearl you want to have that treasure in your hands you know what it is now i explained it to you Job said it, it was the word of God, and Isaiah specifies by saying that it, it is the wisdom, it is salvation, it is knowledge, and the key to that uh, to that treasure is the fear of the Lord. You understand me? We know what it is now. Now you know what it costs to be a disciple. You know what that treasure is. You gotta sell, you gotta sell everything. Whatever you have to sell, you have to sell. Whatever you have to let go, you gotta sell. You gotta let go. You understand me? Whoever you got to let go, you got to let go. Because no one, nothing is worth going to hell over. If your boyfriend or girlfriend right now is not saved and is dragging you to hell with them, it is not worth it. If, if sports is taking away your focus on God, that sport is not worth it. Because that sport you're only going to play here. The only sport you're going to be playing in heaven it involves your hands being raised and singing hallelujah, okay? You understand me? That's the only sport. You might be running around screaming, but that's it. That's the only exercise you can be getting there. You understand me? Maybe a little bit of a shoulder workout going like this a little bit. You know what I mean? That's it. Let that go. If certain friends are causing you to uh, sin or, or reminding you of certain things, you got to let it go. Possessions, same thing. I'm not sitting here telling you you got to leave everything, your family, everything. Just leave and you just sit there and just, Jesus. No, I'm not telling you to do that, okay? If, but if those possessions tell or are causing you to in any way, in any form, in any size, even the little, even the smallest bit reminds you of the world or, or is telling you to leave Jesus in any way, then you got to leave it, no matter what the cost. You understand me? Let me get an amen from somebody. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Somebody needs to help me preach tonight. Come on, somebody. So not so much just leaving the gifts or blessings, okay? Or I'm going to specify just a little bit more. It's not just leaving the gifts or the blessings that God has given us. You see, God's given us talent like sports, okay, uh, being athletic or, or knowledge to be good in school or sociable and stuff like that, okay? That's cool. Those are gifts, okay? That's awesome. But he's not, but you see, that we all must be devoted to Christ at all times. You see, those things, those blessings, those gifts that the Lord has given you, they must, be, they must not be uh, first. 
Your first, your primary focus should be devotion to God and then those things. You see, if you can blend them together, that's awesome. You understand know I me? Mean? If you're sociable and you're able to talk and you're a good public speaker, amen, to become a pastor. Become an evangelist. Start spreading that word. You understand me? Start putting them together, okay? If, if um, playing sports is getting in the way of God, then you've got to let go of it, okay? But if, if you feel as if you're not going to make it pro, and you've got to be very, very, very realistic with yourself, then you've got to let it go. You understand me? Nathaniel, are you going to become a pro football player? You don't think so? But you're good, right? I mean, Nathaniel is an awesome football player. He's awesome, okay? He'd be laying people down for the Lord, for the Lord. Amen. <laughs> but look, he's not, he knows he's not going to become a pro football player, and he's not going to put football before Christ. You understand me? That's an example. Okay? We're not here to glorify a man, but we're here to just give examples. Okay? Amen? So why must we give things up for Christ? Why? Man, but I love my friends. Man, I've been with them since the first grade. Yo, come on. I've been like, I love sports. I've been playing football. My dad raised me to play football. I've been, I've been raised to play baseball. I've been raised to play soccer my whole entire life. That's all I know. You see, why do I have to let that go? Because this price, because this treasure, it has a tag. It has a tag and has a price on it. It has a barcode. You understand me? There is a price to pay for that treasure. It might sound a little greedy, just a little bit, but God wants you all for himself. Everything, all for himself. He doesn't want you and sports. He doesn't want you and your, your boyfriend that doesn't want you, that doesn't want anything to do with him. You understand me? He doesn't want you and, and your friends that swear and curse and drink all the time. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants an intimate time with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you for himself. And it might sound greedy to you, but it sounds right to me. You understand me? He deserves it. He deserves it. In Deuteronomy 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 24, it says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Amen. We all hear that before, right? He is a consuming fire. But after that, it's, 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 uh, it says a jealous God. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He's jealous for you. He wants you for himself. You understand me? Turn to your Bibles to John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. And right here, before we, we read the scripture, I just, want to, I, I just want to tell you, if you truly, I mean, raise your hands, show of hands. How many of you guys consider God your, a treasure, a treasure? It might not be your treasure, but how many of you guys really think that God is a treasure in general? God's a treasure, okay, definitely, okay? Now, if you consider God a treasure, like these men did in the parables that Jesus explained, that finding the treasure in the field and the pearl, if you, find, if you see him as a treasure and a pearl, then it is your job, after hearing this, to sell everything you have and possess him in your heart. You see, they, they sold everything. They sold everything to possess this treasure, to possess this pearl. I'm telling you tonight, if you see him and you acknowledge God and Jesus Christ 
as a treasure, as a pearl. It is your job now to sell everything, to possess that treasure in your heart, to possess that pearl in your heart. You need it. You see, we are God's treasure. Did you know that? You see, we, were, we know that the treasure that we're seeking is God. The treasure that we're, see, we're seeking is salvation. It is the wisdom, it is the knowledge, it is the grace of God. That's the treasure that we seek. Amen? But did you know that God sees us as a treasure? You see, he calls us the apple of his eye. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? The apple of his eye. It's like going through. You ever guys ever been grocery shopping before? Maybe not really. Well, okay, some of you went to grocery shopping with your parents. How about that? And you're looking through through apples, and you're like, man, I got to pick some good apples. And there's some, some bruised ones. There's, a little, there's some good ones right there. But there's that, poof, that one that just right there caught your eye. And you pick it up. You so shiny. You so red and orange and all awesomeness. And you go, <laughs> Mmm, tastes good, right? That is the apple that you want. That is the apple that caught your eye. You are the apple of the Lord's eye. But let's get more in detail with that, amen? We are God's treasure. You are the treasure of God, amen? So let's go to John 1, verse 1. What is the, uh, the, the title of that passage? Okay, so in the beginning the, uh, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Okay? It sounds really cool, right? But I don't want you to get confused. I think everybody knows this, but I'm going to say it one more time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Who is the Word? Who's the Word? Okay, so Jesus is the Word, right? And according to the title of the passage, the Word became what? So Jesus became what? So God became what? In the form of who? Jesus, right? So Jesus, seeing us as his treasure, Jesus, seeing us as his pearl, gave everything up he had in heaven. He sold everything he had for the treasure he wanted to possess which was us. You understand me? That's how we know that we're the treasure of the Lord. You see, the Lord is our treasure. Salvation is our treasure. Amen. But it's vice versa as well. You see, we're God's treasure. He loves us that much that he sees us as a diamond in the rough. You understand me? You might be a little dirty sometimes. He'll clean you up. He'll polish you up. He'll make you new because you are a treasure to him. And he loved you so much that he left, he left everything he had in heaven to come down. He left it all, everything, to come down to possess that one treasure that he wanted. You understand me? So you guys, if the Lord is your treasure, if God is your treasure, if the wisdom and the knowledge and salvation is your treasure, being saved, being born again, and I tell you right now, you got to sell everything you have in order to possess that treasure, in order to possess that pearl, in order to possess that gift. You understand me? Accept it in your heart. Accept it and receive it and give, let nothing stop you. Okay? Today's message, the hidden treasure. 
we found that treasure. We dug it up. We dusted it off. We dusted it off. And we saw what it was. We, we discovered what it was. Now you know. Now you know. So what are you going to do about it? If everybody just close your eyes really quick. Yolani, if I could have you on the keys, please. And I just want you to think about this, okay? What is stopping you right now from giving God everything that you have? Do you find yourself still cursing? Do you find yourself still lying? Do you find yourself still sinning? You understand me? I'm not saying that might be, that, that, that definitely is your fault. I'm not saying that. But look, we do have a sinful nature, yes. But is it, are you really just blaming it on the sinful nature? Are you blaming it on, hey, I'm not perfect? Or, or are there things in your life that you could let go of? And you know you could let go of. And you know that if you let go of them, you'll draw closer to the Lord. And you know that if you let go of those things or those people, those relationships or those objects, whatever it is in your life, you know if you let go of it, that treasure will fully be yours and you will be completely sold out for Christ. That is exactly the price and the cost that we as believers have to pay in order to follow him. And like I said, it might sound greedy, but our God is a jealous God. And if you allow him to take over your life, he will consume you with the Holy Fire and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, Father, God, I thank you for your message tonight, God. I thank you, Jesus, for speaking to those who you've spoken to, Lord, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you continue to awaken. Our-